This week's episode is sponsored by Visual Media Church. Visual Media Church is one of the fastest growing church media companies creating worship backgrounds, social media posts, stock video, stock photography, and templates for your media needs. Go to visualmediachurch.com to sign up today, and when you do, use promo code Creative Church to get 20% off all their memberships. That's CRTV Church for 20% off. Go and sign up today. Welcome to the Creative Church Podcast, where each week we talk about the latest in Christian creative culture and we explore the lives of prominent creatives. Today is Friday, June 1st, 2018, and I'm your host, Nick Goodner. Here with me today, all the way out from out just outside the Mile High City, Ross Montgomery. Well, hello. Hey, Ross. And to her digital, to her, to his <laughs> digital right, my left, filling in for Emily Cummins, our special guest, Chari Orozco. What's up, fam? And um, real quick, uh, Chari, did I say that right? Um, kind of. No. Chari? Chari. It sounds like More a D. More of a D than an R. Yeah. Chari? See, Chari? Ross knows. Me and Ross have had this dance before. Yeah, Chari Orozco. <laughs> well, I mean. I, I don't expect anybody to say it right. It's not even my real name. It's not even. Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, not, it's, it's not my name. I could, is You're there going down easier, the rabbit hole, Nick, I promise Is there an you. easier way to say this? No, there's no turning no. back now. I've been oh, stuck yeah. with you this for 15 years. You've got to do the full name, You've got to do the full name. Okay, hold on. My name is Sharice. Okay, Sharice. I okay, can say no, Sharice. You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, I can't? Okay, only never my, mind. I'm only sorry, my mother calls me Sharice. So Sharice and Charis is how you say it in Spanish. And when I started okay. at the church I was at, somebody introduced me to one of our prominent pastors. And I was too embarrassed to correct when he heard Charis. He said Chadi. And I was like, that sounds cool. I'll go with that. I mean, Cher has one name. And so I've been chatty ever since. And when I came on staff, I asked um, my pastor, I was like, hey, um, yeah, straight up. That's not my real name. Nobody knows me by that. She's like, nah, it's too late. We can't go back. So I've been, ch <laughs> I've been chatty for 15 years. It's not even my name. Oh I didn't even know. I well, thought now, that well was... now that we're best friends, I feel like oh. everyone's going to know time, now. It's time you know. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Thank well, you for breaking that to me because, you know, welcome. I've. So I've, don't feel I, bad. Don't feel bad. Well, I, I I grew up in Tennessee. So we just learned how to butcher the human language or the English English language. Um, we don't know how to say anything right. Tennessee. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. from Kansas, like the flattest accent you can have. So. Yes. And There's real that. quick, everyone, before <laughs> we really. I can hear it. Really get going. Yeah, um, yeah you can hear it. Uh, uh, so we're having this another special guest on the podcast. It's called Lawnmower Man at Landscapers. Ten thirty, yeah, Landscapers here yes. at uh, here at our apartments. Um, I'm kind of recording in a different spot than what I normally do, and you can just hear uh, everyone. I mean, you can hear uh, all the landscapers, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that you can hear the construction that will eventually happen here in about fifteen minutes. Which, which I wouldn't think would be weird, you know, I'm, no, I'm used to it. It's not it weird. It is weird, though, whenever it's Memorial Day. 
Like yes. I think yeah. you oh, should have just super took it off. weird. This is yeah. the day that yeah. you take off. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't. You yes. don't work on Memorial Day. Um, we're mm-hmm. working on Memorial Day, but you guys don't need to. Yeah. It's so, not work if you enjoy it. Yeah, that's and I'm true, also in my pajamas, so I don't feel like that's real life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be honest, me too. Yeah. Let's just let's just be real honest. Real, real, real honest. So, Charlie, <laughs> um, I, I I know I'm not saying that right. I'm sorry. Chotty. 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 Yeah, there it is. There it is. You're killing it. Okay. Yeah. See, I feel like I'm I'm putting too much of a Hispanic spin on it, and like yeah, I sound no, dumb. I'm, like I'm like I'm like the most Caucasian Spanish person you'll ever meet. So don't feel bad. It's actually, great. have you ever met my wife? No. You you've never. You've never I met, met her Lydia? from afar, but not in a weird. I didn't want to oh. be like I know you. I follow you on Instagram. I didn't want to be like that because <laughs> people do that to me, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So I saw her from afar, and I kind of wanted to like do that whole hey, it's me, and but I didn't want to be a weirdo. And then I commented on something she said really sweet on Facebook, and I'm like, I I look like a stalker. I look like a legitimate stalker at this point. She doesn't think that. She listens to your podcast um, <laughs> like religiously. She's so and sweet. So she's 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 uh, she loves you. And uh, but anyway, she is actually Hispanic, but she no. is white as a ghost. Yes. What? Her she's she's third generation um, American. Wow. Her grandfather was from Spain. Uh, Spain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the real Spanish people. <laughs> no, her grandfather was from Mexico. Sorry, Spain. Oh, wow. Your wife um, is very Caucasian. She's yes. Mexican? She wow, is. that's amazing. Yes. So now I won't feel bad when I see her in real life. I'll just awkwardly walk up to her and give her a kiss hello and just be like. Right. And yeah. she'll, she'll, she'll understand that. She'll okay, get great. that. Oh, my God. Yes. This is like totally freaked me up. I don't feel like she's ready. <laughs> please do because that would just be that would make my day i would just i would laugh so hard. in about three and a half hours you're gonna hear a knock on your door and i'm gonna have driven down from jacksonville <laughs> with like hey lid it's me it's your new best friend <laughs> did we just become best friends <laughs> yes. so i i wanted to ask um johnny uh yeah. i wanted to get at least three fun facts about you you know oh you, we've never had you on the podcast you've been on the podcast network now for almost three months oh my gosh um, has it really been that long i yeah. i want to say so you're almost on episode eight so that's uh, two months in nick's time but three two. in in the rest of the world um <laughs> okay so you've been on the podcast nick for two doesn't months. do time and math i don't we, do time nine and math weeks technically well. on friday it'll be nine weeks so nine like, weeks oh, and a high go. school semester there high, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so there which a high school semester with breaks is three months. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fine, you're right. You got it. Okay, you win. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> so I want to get three fun facts about you since you've never been on our show, but you've been on the podcast episode or podcast network, and uh, you're killing it. You're absolutely oh, thanks, killing man. It. Um, your 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 show is the highest rated show on our podcast network. Oh my god, that's there you go. No yeah. pressure. Oh my god, no now I'm gonna start crying. I'm supposed to be funny right <laughs> go now. Go find a corner. Go find a corner <laughs> oh my quickly. God. That's amazing. Go Jesus. I can't believe that yes. many people even care. That's oh, unbelievable. They do. they do. And you connect with them and they're all like, yep. hey, it's like wow. having coffee with, with Chadi. Somebody who wants to yell at you the whole time. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> wants to yell at you. So, oh, no. She was like, she'll shush you in her podcast. I do. Just a grown man texted me and was it. like, can you can you keep stop shushing me? And I was like, oh, no, no, we're going to keep shushing. No, no. <laughs> a grown man texted you. you I got a text. I got a, I got a, I get a lot of fun DMs. I should start sending them to you two. Um, <laughs> now that we're on a family text, <laughs> I get a lot of really cool. Uh, direct messages from people and um, but it's funny the grown men with beards that write me and they're like I'm literally listening to your podcast and crying and so that's it's but one guy was like hey you're shushing 
like i feel like you're shushing me and i was like oh you're welcome you're welcome oh, you're welcome how was the- I, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I cry every time i i can't help it like dude every i cry time every you're time telling, i'm just like oh god this is so good <laughs> yeah it's really and good. so you know on the other end of the microphone alone in my house as i'm crying into a microphone i'm like people are gonna think i'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you're crazy i Not think it's all. so good Oh my I'm gosh. sitting there. I'll sit there. I think it was one of the first episodes. I was cleaning the kitchen because that's kind of when I listen to the podcast while I'm yeah. cleaning. And I'm just sitting there bawling. Like I had to stop and sit down. I was like, this is so good. Oh, I can't man. help it. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah. It was, okay. It was so, weird. So let me see. Real quick. Three, so three, three, three things. Three, three real fun quick facts. facts. Just quick facts. Well, I feel like you know the first one. Chadi's not my real name. It's a nickname. <laughs> so you're welcome, everyone. Um, two, uh, something that people rarely know about me i was kicked out of high school in 10th grade oh wow wow yeah yeah like, i got i ins- like kicked uh, out like i i may have been in an altercation that incited a riot oh wow yeah yeah it was an accident it was totally wrong place at the wrong time and i was a hood rat and um where what high school was this what where were you guys uh, at <laughs> why are you trying to tell my business don't, don't out loud? Really <laughs> the no, just, just, just give me the state <laughs> no, I'm just I, just kidding. I don't state. even care i don't care I'm uh, here in here in florida here in florida okay, here i went to florida. a school that i went to a school that was very racially charged and we were okay. the only we were the only hispanic kids in the school and they must they mistook us for someone else and um and it, it it was just us kind of uh really just trying to not get the crap kicked out of us um, um yeah yeah I, a lot of i think a lot of the leadership lessons and things i learned was being 16 years old um having a i was already being looked at for basketball scholarships and i was like all the smart classes and then all of a sudden having that ripped out from under you at 16. so like a lot of the identity stuff that i have is is from that season of life so mm. Yeah, people don't normally realize that. And then uh, what's funny is the, there's a girl on staff at church with me who was actually sitting next to me in high school when it all went down. And so when people don't, were like, that's not true, I'm like, you can just go ask her. She'll tell you she was with oh, me. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you're out there and you've done some kind of stupidity, it's okay. Jesus will totally, totally give it to you for a fun story later. <laughs> um, let's see. Now, one more. Now, did Go you, ahead. okay. Where's, was it, um, you were out of high school for the entire, like you were, no, gone, I had to, like, I had literally had to, I had to go to another high school. Oh, wow. Had, yeah. Yeah. They, instead of getting expelled and ruining my, um, my, um, record, they were very sweet, the school, um, because they realized what kind of happened, but there was, uh, it was just too bad of a situation. And, yeah. um, so they asked us kindly to leave. And what happened was my brother and my cousin and I went to another high school for a year mm. and a half. It was totally God. I got saved in that high school. Um, I found awesome. music in that high school. God totally. And then the last year of my high school, they let me come back and I got to graduate with all my friends. So yeah, it was God. Mm. All things were awesome. together for good. Yeah. Weird, right? It is weird. All right, now, now, now your third, your third fun fact. Um, I verbally accosted my husband when we were 14. What? <laughs> Hold on one I second. Met... For listeners that don't know, what does accosted mean? <laughs> I yelled at him in English. He had only spoke Spanish. He's still hot. Yeah. My husband, my husband had come to this, co- <laughs> my husband came to this country when he was 14 and um, he's from Costa Rica. He is adorable. And um, he, his, they came to this country and it's it's hot over there like all the time and so they came here unprepared for winter and so i left (laughs) i left a pair of my jinko jeans because i was again you know killing it in eighth grade (laughs) in the church bus and his mom was so sweet and she cleaned out the bus and she found these brand new jeans 
And so she gave them to him because they were boy jeans and he wore them to church. And I was like, that's not, those are my jeans. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and so I had my friend translate the verbal beating that I gave him. And uh, <laughs> he just stared at me like, what is wrong with you? And then like about 30 seconds into, I was like, oh, he's really cute. And then I was like, hey boy, hey. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, it's never going to happen for us. So yeah, then took me four and years to said, stalk challenge him. accepted. I did. I did. I asked him to be my date for my 15th birthday and he said no. <laughs> but I did go to senior prom with him. I'm going to put up pictures just to prove it to the two of oh, you. Oh, there you go. And can, we look can we like get chongos. Can on the podcast episode page, please? Oh, yes. yes. I'll yes. send them to you. We look amazing. like super chongos. It's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, we got married when we were in our 20s. So we've actually, I've been, I'm 37 and I met him when I was 14. So I've actually known him longer than I've, you know, not known him. So he's wow, hilarious that is awesome. awesome i always yeah. watch your instagram stories and he has those uh like um I want, like a panama jack shirt i don't even know oh what dude call them. He, oh my god they're not panama the jack shirts yeah. somebody kill what me what is it called this dude this dude <laughs> is in a, a constant a buena vista social club like <laughs> he is if i let him he would wear these he he ordered the magnum pi shirt he has mm. it oh, he has it and funny. he wears yes. it like and he would wear it every day because he's from he's really costa rican like he's very tropical like mm. he doesn't do the cold and he's and he's hilarious so he doesn't care he's like he doesn't care he will That's straight funny all day every day be dressed like he's on a beach and i'm like dude it's 40 degrees outside <laughs> he doesn't care, he doesn't care. That yeah. is awesome. It reminds wow. me. It reminds me of that detective from Dexter who always had the <laughs> yeah. like fedora and the. Bro, he doesn't shirts. care. He doesn't care. He's yeah. got a whole like. I wear like the cool weird hipster hats. He yeah. has like mm -hmm. the nicest Panama Jack hats, and he wears them. <laughs> yes. He's like. He's like. Even today, he was like, "You know what today is?" I'm like, "What, babe?" He's like, "It's a day to wear my hat." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> great in public." I, I envy him because I can never pull off that style. But I, I, every time I'm looking, I'm like, I wish I could do that. You can do it, look... dude. You can do it. What It has nothing to do with be really being able to pull it off and everything just, to do with just confidence. He's it's just, confidence. It's all he confidence. Is the most confident person I've ever met in my life. And I steal all his material. He's so much funnier than I am. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, um, we have a great show planned for everyone today. A little later, we'll be joined by John Daughtery. He is the creative lead over at Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Next up, though, is Quips. <laughs> Welcome to Quips. Each week we dive into the headlines, articles, conversations make, that are making their rounds on the internet that are important to us and we feel is impacting church, culture, or creators, and we discuss. Um, Ross, what do you have for us this week? Well, I, I have a question for y'all. Have um, What kind of differences have you seen over the years with leadership within ministries um, or, or faith-based organizations and leadership kind of in more of a secular, for lack of a better word, uh, context? Wow. I mean, I'm on staff at a pretty significant church. And so I've, I've watched leadership shift and change. And, um, I would say I I've watched worth, I don't know. I, I don't want to say corporate. It's, it was kind of corporate -y there for a little bit. Hmm, um, interesting. yeah, not in a bad way, just in a very organized, very, um, you know, I think what's so great about churches right now is they're so relevant to people and they can come in and it's an hour and 10 minutes and people, people who maybe have never been churched can walk into any situation and feel like they can be there and it's not awkward. And I've seen in the last couple months, our church is in this massive uh, revival type season and things have shifted 
And so leadership has had to, had to shift with it. And I think, um, I've, I've watched it, I've watched it go into more of a, a, a more of a corporate to more of a, just more, uh, I don't want to say lackadaisy because that's such a bad, no, that's a bad yeah, connotation. It's not that they don't care or, or aren't intentional. No, it's just, I think they're, I'm, and even with our team, like the things that we really, really felt were incredibly important. It's not that they're not important anymore. We've just now given um, priority to other things. And so mm. I, I have, I don't know what it is. I can't put it into words, but I, I have felt the shift. I definitely have felt the shift. I, I think for me, I was just thinking about this, you know, we, when we first came back to um, Orlando, we were going to a, a church that we'd helped plant uh, five years prior and uh, watching the pastor at that church, he was very um, inauthentic oh, and not wow. very real with people. And uh, we recently uh, have transitioned out of the church. We're actually going to uh, Celebration, which is the campus here in here in Orlando. Dude, for real? So we're, yeah, Charlie and I are now church. Are, Buddies. We go to the same church. Yeah, we're um, family. Yeah, so we're family. Um, so, and then transition to that and just seeing the, just the real authentic yeah. leadership over at that campus is yeah. just amazing. Um, so one of the things, I, I guess my thing is he's, he's kind of older style, this pastor is. So I, I see this transition of younger leaders and uh, even older leaders being more real with their yeah. congregations and be more authentic with the people that they're leading. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. agree yeah. with I, that. This article I found from The Drum, it was an opinion piece by the um, a, a lady named Lindsay Pat, Pattison. And um, just kind of talks about a little bit of both of what you guys brought up of um, some of it has to do with the generation gap. Like there's mm. uh, a lot of changes for leaders because the average age of CEO in kind of main corporate America is 54. Really? Um, yeah. And so I didn't know that. I was like, wow. Um, and according to a, uh, a world economic forum survey, uh, it said 86% of those survey, uh, between kind of showing the disconnect between uh, younger or between leaders and younger talent, 86% surveyed said they had no faith in their business leaders. Oh my gosh. So there's obviously a disconnect there, but on a positive note, um, you know, they, they are looking for things like um, more empathy on the leadership part, you know, really trying to figure out what the culture of the company is than just the bottom line. Mm. Um, so championing equality in a positive work culture, um, you know, doing that kind of thing. But like it's saying employees have even more high expectations of leaders nowadays. Yeah. I notice this with like my friends, I, I hear them talk about their leadership in their church and it's like stuff I would never question my pastor about Yeah. Um, growing up um, that they, they're like completely evaluating every single little thing that he does. And it's like, it's almost unhealthy a little bit Yeah. Um, because oh, yeah. It, it forms some bad yeah. attitudes with them. Because they're like, oh, he doesn't do this, and this is not what a leader should do. And uh, have you guys noticed any of that? I oh mean yeah. Oh my gosh. I, we, um, I love. I, I'm so thankful to be part of a church whose pastor is so authentic. And like, uh, he has this amazing quote that I'm totally gonna botch. Forgive me, Pastor Stovall. But it, he talks about how sometimes you have to move with faith and zeal, and then weigh the weigh the consequences in the aftermath. I totally messed that up, but it's kind of the same. And so I think that sometimes. If as a, as a leader and things that um because I I follow somebody who's so authentic, it's it doesn't leave room for me to question because I, if if you're following the vision and you're rooted in the house, you won't question. And I think we're in. I'm 37, so I'm on the outskirts of the millennials and Generation X, and so I kind of see both 
You know what I mean? And I feel like mm-hmm. because I lead millennials, I find that they just ask so many questions and there's nothing wrong with their questions, but you have to be okay with the answers that you get. And so, for example, if you're, if you're judging your pastor, if you're judging your leaders and you're questioning what they're doing, you're not really set into the vision. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So you've, there has to be buy-in, you know, cause people won't follow somebody who's right. They'll follow somebody who's real. And, yeah. um, I think that if, if that shifts and their mind frame shifts to be able to follow, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions. I think you've just got to be mature enough to be okay with the answers. I don't know if that made sense. It does. And I, I you know, I'm pulling this stat out of my head, so I know that I'm going to be a little bit wrong. But I think it's millennials change jobs between seven and ten times in their Oh, 20s, my God, you are kidding me. And they'll me. just jump. And it's not like, okay, I'm oh, jumping wow. from Walmart to Dairy Queen or Dairy Queen to it's McDonald's. It's like career shifts? It's career shifts oh that they're making. Oh, interesting. And uh, I wonder, I'm wondering, hearing Ross's article, I'm wondering if that's contributing to that reason, like well, why, why millennial would change so You bring lot. that up, and there's a paragraph in that opinion piece that we'll post to uh, in the show notes, so you can read the whole thing in context, but it says, unsurprisingly, there's a strong business case for creating a positive work culture. Employee dissatisfaction results in higher turnover and difficulties in attracting the best talent. No wonder then that it, it, that it impacts the bottom line. According to Gallup organization, organizations with low employee engagement scores experienced 18% lower productivity, 16% lower profitability, 37% lower job growth and 65% lower share price over time. And that's, you know, from a business side of things. But if you look at that and you're like, well, what's the bottom line of a church? And it's like, well, people meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have, you know, those that are in that situation have much more of a, an ability to, to kind of see why that would be important to have, you know, staff that really care and catch the vision. Like you were saying, yeah. Johnny, that yeah. it's not, you're not sitting there being cynical at every turn, but you know, maybe you can have those questions yeah. and have those discussions with yeah. executive leadership that you yeah. feel is important to have. You know, vision's not taught, it's caught. And I think that a lot of yeah. times God needs us to be good. Um, gosh, I just wrote this down. This is so funny that um, in order for us to be good stewards with vision, we have to know how to cast it, carry it and conceal it. And mm. um, and because I lead such young people, sometimes you just shouldn't share certain things. Sometimes it, it takes wisdom to know when to say it, what not to say it. And I think a yeah. lot of times our pastors are listening to the Holy Spirit. And so they're concealing things, not out of malice, but out of maturity. And when you don't have that understanding of vision, um, what happens is you just question and you judge. And so what I a totally world we could that. live in, guys. Totally yeah. Think about that. Imagine a world that we could live in where we actually trust our leaders to cast, carry, and conceal vision. All right. Well, Charlie, what do you got for us this week? Oh, my gosh. We're talking about authentic leaders. This is, now, this is your first time. So, yeah. uh, you know, just right she's out gonna, of the she's gate. Go just right real softball pitch nope. here. Softball nope. pitch. Just a little nope. easy article you got here, right? Look, I know, legit just... yell at people and shush, shush people in my podcast and right. with <laughs> the love. And so if we're talking about authentic leadership, let's bring the ruckus. Okay. So, um, and I have a lot of context to this. So don't freak out when I say this. Okay. All right. Okay. Because I'm going to give you the context because context okay. is everything. <laughs> I found this article in Relevant recently of Carl Lentz weighing in on the NFL's attempt to curb the protests. Okay. And um, so I initially started to read it and I was like, wow, this dude is so gangster. Like, this is exactly what he said on his Twitter. The NFL has to be in the running for the most tone deaf, unaware organization in business. Now, this guy's a pastor. He's a pastor of one of the largest churches. You know what I'm saying? These guys are yeah. still talking about players protesting the anthem still 
even though they're protesting racial inequality and they want justice reform, at least get the right, get that right while being wrong. Mm. And I mean, he goes on for one, two, three, four, five, like seven tweets, ripping the NFL, a new one. And okay. So let me say this first, before I ask my question, my father's a Marine. Okay. My brother is in the Mm -hmm. army. Mm -hmm. Um, he, I mean, he just, went into his second attempt at Raider school. My nephew is in the Navy. I come from, I am the first generation born in this country. Um, my grandparents literally had to flee Cuba. Um, they had to flee communism. I know what it's like to be part of a family that doesn't have a country that is exiled and doesn't have rights. I know what that feels like. It burns me in a way that I cannot express to you as my family serves to watch people kneel during the national anthem. But even saying all that, I, I agree with Carl Lentz um, in this, in this, pl- I feel like as Americans, like we can't, like we're, we're, my, my family left Cuba because there wasn't freedom. Like for the NFL to say this, to, to say that they'd find this, the, the players to say that they could possibly fire the players. It's really hard for me to process um, how that's freedom. And so I guess, I guess my question I pose to you guys is like, do you think the NFL as a business is, is in the right? You know what I mean? Cause you got to look at it from both sides. Like I, I work for a church, so I can't go out and party and put it all over my Instagram. Not like I do that anyway, <laughs> but you know, there are certain things that I have to adhere to, which is fine. But do you think as a business that they're, they made the right decision? Well, I, I, does that make I, sense? don't think they made the right decision, but they have every right to make that decision. Yes. And, and Carl Lentz even says that. He says, for oh, those yeah. that keep bringing up the NFL, like any workplace, they can do what it wants. You're, oh, you're right. right. It can. Employers have also the right to support employees as well. That fact doesn't shift the argument. To fire somebody for this is also to, within their rights, just not the point. And so, yeah, they're in their rights to do that as they will. I mean, they even punish um nfl players essentially their whole lives are their career so they're like they punish them when they're doing stuff on the off time so it's like where's that line to me it's like where's that line that you're gonna say okay when you're on the field you're doing this but when you're out we ain't worried about it i mean even some which i think is a good thing some uh organizations um i'm gonna use the broncos as an example because they're up the road from me but um they have some like please be involved in your community. Yeah. Like they're like, they kind of, I don't think they mandate it, but they strongly encourage it. And um, you have like Von Miller who does um, glasses programs for kids in poverty wow. and gets them glasses and, and um, vision screenings and all that. But anyways, that's not the point. I'm just saying, is there, a, I think it comes down to this line of like, you know, these players and majority are african-american yeah to be honest are being affected by this issue and they're trying to use their platform so for good yeah for good and, and like you said i think words matter because a lot of people and and you can have feelings about the flag and that's okay i have military in my family my wife has military in yeah. her family i have a lot of military friends i respect and honor them all um and, and by no means am i saying what they're doing is is ridiculous and and i'm not trying to stomp on any of that but yeah um it's not about the flag it's not about the anthem it's about the like you said the racial injustice yeah. and, um you know with kaepernick starting it off with the police brutality thing like keep the main thing the main thing to me the main the thing NFL, yeah oh my gosh and and i just think they're putting a band-aid on this because they don't truly 
want to deal with the uncomfort they might face by actually getting to the root of the problem and finding out how they can support their players. If they went that direction and, and instead of focusing on these protests, because again, words matter, um, I think the response from our current president has been less than ideal, but I'm not going to get political about it. I think that also is fanning some flames, yeah. some flames that are not good. I think it, it puts, um, it puts, so. it puts the eye on the thing that's not right. So like now yeah. everyone's just mad at the NFL and I'm like, guys, now we missed the point again. Yeah. We missed the point again. Look at people of color and how, and you know, unfortunately the, the, the powers that be are white and they say, well, don't pro don't protest that way. Protest in the way that we find acceptable. Instead Protest of actually in a way that makes everybody listening. comfortable, they need to take a, a position. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's going to be messy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you might be challenged personally. Um, but if you just choose to listen, because I, I mean, like I said, I grew up in the middle of Kansas. Yeah. I mean, that's about as white bread as you get. And so, you know, marrying into a black family, I've, I've come to the realization on a lot of things concerning people of, uh, people of color in this country. Um, and so I, I'm very passionate about it. But like you said, Charlie, it's this, it's this balance of like, man, we respect the military. And, and I also have a problem with the NFL only since 2009, making it a regular thing that the players are on the field yeah. for the national anthem yeah. and that the Department of Defense gives marketing money to the NFL to have these different things. It doesn't feel authentic to me, to be honest. I just need to be real honest. Ross, I know your thoughts on all this and I secretly pick this so I can hear you go off. <laughs> bro, I, I respect you so much. I'm not trying to go off. No, I, I truly love it. hope I'm it's being my respectful. Bro, you're so being respectful, <laughs> but I love you. And I, I love, I love that you have a wife of color. I love that you're Caucasian and you love you love people and you have this amazing heart for people. And that's why I picked this article because Carl Lentz loves freaking people. He, does. he loves people and he's about the people and he's about occupying the streets full of broken people. And I just, yeah. I just respect the fact that he put this like authentic, you said authentic leaders, like yes. dude could not be more authentic. And, and you can be passionate and yes. feel very strongly like he does because, and I never say it right, but it's the, um, what is it? The uh, Imago, Imagio, they or how do you say that i don't know i'm spanish um <laughs> i'm white but so no, it's the, I yeah, don't welcome know. Back, exactly nick. that's why yeah. but anyways I, I feel i feel like nick just did what that what is that gif with homer simpson that he just backs oh, up goes into back into the hedges he was like oh they're gonna go there and i'm just gonna back up into this bush that's uh, i like the gif of the like toddler running into the room and does a 180 and right back out the room <laughs> i like that one that's probably what nick was doing but no i it, love it. it what it comes down to to me to be honest and and you can say what you will about how corporations act how the nfl yeah. acts whatever yeah. you need to see and especially those of us who claim a faith in jesus we need to see the image of god in everybody absolutely and when there's oppression and when there's things that are happening that are devaluing humans we need to like speak up be tuned into yeah. that and speak up use our voices yeah right. and to me it, it reveals a lot about the nfl um leadership uh in the way that they're going with that and um so you know you just got to kind of look at that and say as christians what's what's our responsibility and yeah. i think it's very clear that we love people and and that we fight for the oppressed and we fight for those I that agree. are disadvantaged and um people can say it's uh anecdotal 
But yeah. when there's so many stories, at some point, it, it truly becomes a statistic that we need to fight against. Yeah. No, it's like the word says that life is like a vapor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Our time is quick and our time is moving. And um, I think that with the time that we have on this earth, we need to be Jesus and and just be the love of Jesus everywhere. And I think that yep. we're no better time than this than to be love everywhere. And I will say there are there are champions in this. Like, for instance, um, I believe it was the New York Jets uh, yeah. chairman, mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Johnson. Who uh, he said that uh, he would be paying the fines that the NFL were, was going to impose on the players should they decide to protest. Um, there was a quote I read um, in an article from Howard Bryant. He's a sports journalist and author of uh, "The Heritage: Black Athletes, a Divided America, Black Athletes, a Divided America, and the Politics of Patriotism." Oh wow! And um, he says um, he doesn't want to see the flag or national anthem weaponized Ooh. and and players don't want to see their citizenship weaponized and the veterans that he's spoken with don't want to be used as commercial props. And yet sports is doing both. And he says, he kind of says this in here that I thought was super powerful. What we've seen in sports over the last couple of years is to paint the players as unpatriotic. He says, instead of thinking about their reasoning, which is police misconduct and about supporting some of the play people who don't have a lot of power in our country, it's been directed toward the flag as if the players don't care about their country wow. Country when they actually do. Yeah, I love how Charlie's podcast was going so well. Um, then, uh, <laughs> Look, everybody that like, listens hey, to my what? podcast knows that I'm going to bring it, so uh, yeah. don't ask me to come if you don't want me to say stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I feel like it was pretty accurate to the person that I am, so I'm just trying to be authentic. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Well, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you guys mine. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's on a lighter note. Uh, <laughs> Look at Nick. Way to bring it, it back is around. It about the new, is it about the new Pixar uh, place on... Uh, in Disney? No, not yet. No, that's that's, that's is it that's about how month. Han Solo's not a good movie? <gasps> Did you see it? No, First I of just all, wanted oh, to hear. I just wanted to hear you guys respond. I know, I know, she wanted that reaction. That was, oh, good. That was good. That was good. I've been honestly holding that one for about twenty minutes. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. I can't even right now. Oh, that's really oh. funny. Oh, oh my god, Nick, you just turned that into a basic white girl. He's that like, I can't, I can't even. I can't. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay, awesome. Okay, so uh, question, quick really question good. to uh, uh, calm my nerves. Um, does anyone feel? Uh, that time has begun to speed up as you've gotten older. Like you yes. feel like, yep. you know, things seem to go faster. <laughs> now I'm crying in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> like think back to whenever you were a kid, like, you know, remember how things just seem to last forever. Okay. Yeah. And now that you're older, oh, like yeah. 30 minutes is nothing. Like we've been on this podcast for 45 and I, I didn't even realize we're it. We're partying. Yeah, we mm -hmm. are partying. Um, uh, So case in point, you know, today or whenever this podcast is released, it'll be June 1st. And, you know, it's weird because, like, I think back, like, yesterday was New Year's Eve. Like, wow. I mean, it just seems like time has passed so quickly. Well, in a report by Vox News, um, that's V-O-X, not F-O-X, Vox News, a chronobiologist named, by the name of Robert Southern has counted off 60 seconds in his head and compared the results against a clock five or six times each day for the past 48 years. Okay. Um, so he's trying to solve the riddle. Um, does time pass faster whenever you get older? Um, and his results are completely inconclusive. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> he, he did no, say that as he nears his 70s, he's been doing this for 48 years. He says as he nears his 70s now, he is finding that he's overestimating the 60 seconds more often. Um, oh. But he hasn't really found any concrete results. And uh, 
people in the chronobiology field um, say the same thing. They're like, well, there's no really definitive reasoning. Um, however, um, they did come up with some maybe possibility, you know, like this is, this might be the case as to why people think that time passes faster as they get older. Um, so the first one was novel experiences are remembered more clearly as we age. Hmm. Um, there are fewer of them. So like, you know, do you remember riding the bike? Does anyone here remember riding the bike? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's like a novel experience. You remember riding the bike. Well, as we get older, we don't have very many of those. Those are few and far between. Like I think the last new thing I really learned was, I want to say Photoshop. And that was five years ago. That was a real novel experience for me. Um, and then the second thing was that time flies when we're busy or distracted. And right. as we age, um, Adults are busier than children. Are you guys, do you guys feel like you're busy? All the time. Yeah. All the time. So see, that's time flies whenever we're like busy. All of a sudden I have a five-year-old, so. <laughs> right, right. I, I have a cat, so I don't know. I really don't know that reference. <laughs> uh, and I have, I have nothing. You just feel judged have, all the feel time. feel really judged. Kids, kids grow into judging you, but the cat is just from judging the Judging me all the time. Yeah. And I just have creative church, and that's, that's all I have. I don't that's even enough. have any That's children. enough, That's dude. enough. Um, and then the third thing is very memorable events are further apart than they appear. Um, so as a child, we might, you know, um, we might have a birthday. All right. And then we're thinking, you know, my birthday's in March and then December is the end of the year. That's Christmas. So those are two very um, memorable events for me. But they're so far apart whenever you're a kid because, you know, you're not busy. You're not um you're not have you're having several novel experiences, et cetera. Um, so that's that was the third reason they gave. So mm. I wanted to solve. I kind of buried the lead a little bit. I really wanted to solve. How do we make time slow down? If we feel like, hey, you know, things are moving too fast, how would we make things slow down? So if you want to slow down time, um, if you want to make things seem like they're lasting longer, I have the answers. You ready? Break it down. Ready. Ready. Okay. Number one, learn new things. So that's the first thing you, you know, if you're, if, if you feel like time is moving um, too fast, then you need to have more novel experiences, right? Like mm -hmm. that, that would be the pick up a new hobby, that's pick cool. up a new hobby, you know, learn, learn something new. And number two, break your routine. I mean, we just had that. I mean, Ross and Achari broke my routine. Um, typically, <laughs> typically I have a good podcast episode and, and this, this podcast time I just is like super amazing. Okay. So like, <laughs> I, I don't just, know what podcast you're listening set. to. <laughs> I just sat in a bush and I was like, oh God. It's going there. Oh my God. It's fine. Don't cut it out. It's great. It's great. It's great. No, no, nothing will be cut. Um, <laughs> only this quip will be cut. No. Uh, <laughs> Break your routine. Got it. Break your routine. Got it. And then third is resist immediate gratification. So as adults, mm. as we get older, we instantly want, you know, if we want something, we see it, we buy it. Um, resist that. Resist that immediate oh, gratification. It's amazing because, again, I'll speak with having kids. You tell them to be patient <laughs> and wait. Um, and if you've ever dealt with kids, you understand that sometimes adults can act like kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you find that in yourself and you're like, oh, I don't like that part of me. Right. And, uh, and yeah, but as, as us, we need to just kind of resist that immediate gratification. That's so good stuff, man. those are the three that I kind of came up with. Some of them were in the article. These, some of them I wrote myself. Um, uh, I just like adding things to, to what people <laughs> have already done. Um, <laughs> hey, there's nothing so, yeah. new. There's nothing new under the sun, my friend. There is nothing new under the sun. That's right. That's right. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to do a new thing and hike a 14 or this year, this <laughs> summer. What, what, hiking a 14? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like, sorry. I forgot, climbing, I, I, climbing. Is I was, that a Caucasian thing? That because that nothing, no. nothing about <laughs> trying new things did I think climb a mountain. It's, it's a, it's a Colorado thing. Okay. They have mountains here yeah. that are over fourteen thousand feet. No, thank you. Above sea level, and they're called fourteeners, and there's fifty-six right. of them in the state. And some people make a goal to climb all of them in their lifetime. I like Johnny to, I like Johnny. to think those as Dateline NBCers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went missing for a week. Yeah, no thanks. Johnny and I live on sea level. That's yeah, about I'm as good. Far, I don't yeah. need we're, that altitude we, sickness. Yeah. I don't even we need, don't need that. that. I tried to explain this to Nick before he didn't quite grasp yeah, it. I'll just walk around Disney World and go to Everest. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Thank we you. don't need that. We don't need oh, that. Disney that gave me Everest imitation. It's not. It's beautiful. First of all, it's not cheap. Okay, so let me just start there. Okay, that wow. is not cheap. How much time did God put into it versus? Disney? Oh my gosh, Ross. Seriously, mm. I'm sorry that I said Han Solo gonna, was a bad movie. Just gonna, just gonna, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's gonna clap but, uh, back. He's at gonna you. send poop and put it on my. From Colorado. What's... <laughs> Why does it smell like this? This is weird. <laughs> How did they bring this all the way? <laughs> well, well, there you have it. Um, Best conversation. Is... You're yeah, welcome. Segue from that. I'm never, I'm never, they're never inviting me back. <laughs> Where's Emily? Uh, Where's Emily when we need her? Yeah. Oh, no. next up is our interview with John Duttery. <laughs> This week's featured interview is with John Daughtry. John serves as the creative pastor and downtown campus pastor at Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He loves script writing, productions, and training up the creative students at Victory Bible College. His main goal in life is to be known as a solution. Here's part of our conversation with John Daughtry. Knowing that everything you guys do at Victory, I mean, you have big productions and some amazing things going on, but I'm curious, like, how did you get to kind of where you are? Like, what led to this desire to get into just creative endeavors in general to being in ministry? You know, Ross, uh, yeah, my major was actually sports medicine in college. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think whenever I was a kid, my, my parents, they founded this, this church at the Victory and the Bible College and the school and, and some other entities like a camp and all these things. So growing up, we were always around it. And as we were younger, we would do these skits and sketches to like in kids service. And I'm sure everyone has done these or at, at least if you grew up in the church world, do these skits and sketches to as people would memorize the memory verse or do the offering and we would create these characters as like seventh and eighth graders and we would be like we'd create this guy named exercise man 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 uh yeah and um so we would do all these ridiculous things and i was like man this is so fun when i got into high school we would we would write out full out productions for our youth group but they were like saturday night live mad tv type productions just really ridiculous um we usually get in trouble because there would be things that are inappropriate we get lots of emails from parents yeah yeah just push just push that line a little further yeah each time. so i but <laughs> you know when i went to college i was like okay that's all over but then uh, i just started doing it again and one thing led to another f- through 
I, I got involved in youth ministry, then became the youth pastor. And then I remember instead of doing a sermon, I was like, man, what if we did a whole series and it was three or four weekends in a row and we connected a story, but we created this whole story of this demon, um, like hosting it almost kind of like a, like a, like a show host, but it was a demon and it was like, welcome to hell, you know? And uh, (laughs) so that's what what a first time visitor wants to hear when they walk into it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I think that there's all of this, you know, as far as teenagers go, whenever I was the youth pastor, the thing that would, it was people were doing events, right? Yeah. And so the whole focus was what is happening before or after the church service? And I was like, man, what if we put the focus on the actual sermon as opposed to like, let's get, you know, let's give away free burritos, free pizza, whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, inflatables. That that stuff isn't bad. I just was like, man, if we could make the word of God engaging, then mm-hmm. I feel like they would leave and they'd be like, man, like at night before they went to bed, they'd be thinking about it. You know, and so yeah. that's kind of where, where it drew. And then I stepped into this department about three and a half years ago, and we would always would do these Christmas and Easter productions. We had the same script. We've been doing them for 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, we would always do it up and it was pretty um, conservative. And I was like, you know what? I was just it, I was praying and God just spoke to me. The Holy Spirit kind of dropped something and it was like. You need to rewrite the script every year for Christmas and every year for Easter. Do you ever feel like um, there's any any tension of of the family dynamic within um, work and ministry? Mercy cow, yes. Like <laughs> so, Ross. Um, our so my mom and dad they founded the ministry in like '88, yeah. and they did a, a church, a school, a Bible college, a dream center, and a camp. And they started planning Bible colleges all over the world. And and my dad was extremely straight laced, very conservative. Who he was on the platform was who he was at home, like would not let us watch PG movies. Like we straight up walked out of Beethoven second because a woman's dress was like a backless dress. Oh, wow. I know. Right. Like and so growing up, I was I was like, man, this is lame. Like being a Christian is like not cool, you know? Um, and so yeah, I loved my parents. My parents were very loving. They were just very strict. And so, but I feel like, um, you know, the older I got, they kind of got more free. They got more freedom in Christ type of a thing, you know? Okay. And so, and they also were always open to us asking questions of like, why do we believe this? And oh, yeah. why do we have to do this? And then my dad passed away about six and a half years ago of cancer and um, and we went through this really rough patch where my mom became pastor and people were not cool with women in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people bounced, you know, people left and yeah. people that are like, oh, I have your back. Like, I'm totally going to do this. And they just leave you. That, that was the line. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then and then she God felt God told her and my dad on his deathbed that my brother was going to be the pastor. So you're transitioning this ministry that's been around for like 28, 29 years to a 29 year old dude. (laughs) And my brother was the youngest of all of us siblings. Yeah. And I didn't want to be a pastor. Like that's not my jam. And so I was like, Paul, I'm going to submit to you, man. Like, 
like well, what a perfect I, name for a lead pastor come on now come on <laughs> and so i was like hey paul like i believe in you man and so like let's just do this together like regardless who leaves and i feel like he's kind of found his voice within the last few years and really um man god's hand is on him and and i felt like it was the right decision but during all of that we get in disagreements every single week um but i feel like i'm the only one on staff i mean not the only one like he's definitely surrounded him not he hasn't surrounded himself with yes people but he's he's definitely like you know people they wherever you go people want to honor leadership right yeah and so sometimes when you honor leadership it can come out as like butt kissing you know, just to be just complete. a yes man or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's done a good job of telling people like, guys, please be honest with me, but yeah. I will be brutally honest with him. That's a, yeah. And so and he's like, OK, John, you need to dial it back a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, my bad, bro. But at the end of the day, like I got his back. And so there's times where we were we would be rehearsing. It was midnight before Easter last. E- so 2017. Yeah. Uh, we had rehearsals started at 5 p.m. and the last one ended at midnight on on Thursday. It was right before a Good Friday. And Paul was like, hey, man, this one scene, it needs to be taken out. And I just got and we just started yelling at each other, like, to be honest, TBH. Yeah. And uh, the sound men are in there. Now, the whole cast is left, but like the sound men are in there, uh, you know, some of the interns and they're like, OK, this is awkward. But then at the end, I was just, I had to apologize. We hugged it out and, uh, you know, we cried. And I don't even mind saying that to you <laughs> or to no, whoever, yeah. whoever listens to this, like cried. And I'm like, man, we want we both want to reach people for Jesus. We're both yeah. passionate about this. So if you really feel like this is supposed to be out, then I'm not going to die on this hill. Like, we'll take it out. And um, and so. To answer your question, family dynamics is so interesting, but I feel like if you if you do it with with like honor and understanding that no one is perfect and you understand both of you have flaws, but at the end of the day, if you're if your main goal is to reach people for Jesus, then I feel like, man, it's almost like a it's almost like a power bond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I feel like family and ministry can actually make things more potent and more powerful whenever People are doing what they're called to do and they're not letting their ego get in the way. Yeah. And staying um, healthy about the whole thing. Yeah. And being like completely like straight up, like, hey, uh, like this is where we're at. Um, but at the end of the day, like we love each other. Family comes first before ministry. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, I have. A, yeah, I have a couple of questions because, I mean, obviously you didn't come into it um, just subverting kind of the way you were doing things just to do something different or just to turn some heads or just to, you know, make some waves. You wanted, like you said, you truly wanted the gospel to be within what you were doing. You wanted people to meet Jesus. Um, how do you think, and again, going into like a, I'm writing something new every year. How do you feel that you can um, connect some of these bigger productions um, with that in mind of like, uh, get out, get outside the cool factor, get into an effective factor. But at the same time, you know, it is, obviously attractional has to be a part of what it is. So like, how do you balance that? And how do you um, kind of start from the beginning to make uh, something good, attractional and truth telling? 
Well, I, I think the word of God is powerful. You know, it's, yeah. it's alive. Um, I think that sometimes the way scripture is, is packaged is, um, it is, is, I mean, the scripture itself is so exciting. Yeah. And, um, and so whenever you, whenever you read kind of like, there's this, there's a scripture, uh, it's like second Timothy one. And it's like fan into flame, the gift of God, which is in you, like through the laying on the hands, the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us, you know, the power, love, sound mind type of a thing. So like, I was like, man, the spirit of God, um, with anyone who's like an artist, the more, the deeper you get into God, the more as you're reading, as you're reading the Bible, things all of a sudden start popping out at you with scripture. And so some people are like, oh man, I, uh, you know, this scripture stuck out to me. This scripture stuck out to me. Well, then it was like, what if we began um, taking those things that were revelation words to us in our own devotional time. And, you know, we are like, let's begin putting those moments, um, in these productions. If, if, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And, and, and at the same time, you kind of have our current culture that you need to relate to as well, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I think, I think the thing is like, you, you know, every year I, it's, you kind of put the pressure on God because people say <laughs> you, people are like, man, how, how will you guys one up what you did this past production or whatever? And I've never felt like it's about one upping. It's yeah. always been like, man, if God tells us tomorrow, Hey, no longer do these productions, do this to reach people, then we'll do that. Yeah. I, I think that the productions are just kind of a, it's just a vehicle I yeah. think the word of God is, um, is man, it, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's alive. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It, it cuts to the bone type of a thing. So <laughs> yeah. whether you are, uh, if it's your first time in church and you come, um, or you've been in church your whole life, I still feel like the, the word of God is powerful enough to like impact the unchurched and those people yeah. that have been in church you know, weekend after weekend, but delivering that scripture in, in a different way. You know, it's, it's kind of like we all experience um, checking in an airport, like going through the whole check-in process. But yeah. when a stand-up comedian gets up and begins talking about that, it's hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, dude, I know what you're talking about. But for some reason, the way this dude is saying it, it like... It just makes us look at it differently. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, a different perspective. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because like you said, it's not about one-upping it. Because as I think about these productions that you put yourself forward to, like you said, you feel God calling um, kind of what you've used before and using that as a springboard for these uh, productions. Um, you know, you kind of want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, you know, you want to do it well. You want to have good writers, good uh, people that can... in. Um, you know, execute on the different things they need to do around this. Um, you know, how do you find uh, yourself leading well um, in these, you know, leading up to these productions as far as like everything from keeping people on task to promoting the vision within your team and then um, obviously out to to everybody that you're inviting, um, 
you know, in your, in your community? Like, how do you, how do you see yourself running through that leadership gamut of everything you have to think of? You know, Ross, I think the best juices are the creative juices that are blended. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so it's not about like, uh, it's definitely not like a, a one man doing everything, even though sometimes I'll, I'll write it. Yeah. Um, there, there's this, my, my job is not necessarily to push my agenda, but to come forward with, man, I really feel like these are, this is the script. And I bring it to my brother, who's the pastor, which is unique. Um, and him, and then my mom, who's the founding pastor. And I'm like, Hey, you guys, you know, shoot holes in it. Like if this isn't lining up with the word of God, you know, then like, by all means, like, trash it. Now there are some things that we push the envelope on, but I, I really feel like it's, it's a, it's an expression of the gospel that I will like fight for. But at the yeah. end of the day, I'm wanting to make sure that I am delivering their vision for it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Once we get that direction, then running with it is obviously you communicate it to the team and you begin clearly uh, like, this is what I do. I, I, I try to help I try to help clearly explain and I always have to grow in this because I don't think I'm I don't think I'm the best at it. But I clearly explaining like, all right, guys, these are your lanes from wardrobe to makeup to dance to productions to rehearsals to audiovisual to the lighting to the LED wall to anything. All of those things that we're doing like these are beforehand doing the work, giving them everyone like these are your jobs, but I want you guys within the next five or six days to come to me of like your vision for this, for this lane that you're running in. Does that make sense? Yeah. That way all those people, they're able to do their own, like creating of their own. That yeah, way they're not like robots. What they're skilled at. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I find that more people get excited about it because it's not like a do this, do that. Like what I say yeah, it's you know, not an authoritarian team. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think, I think, I think, I, I, I love asking people like, um, you know, once a week we do these things like um, we do these creative meetings where we ask people to kind of like airplay what's inspiring you, and it could be across from like museum, modern art, music, concert, TV show, video from Vimeo or, or anything. And so these people, they'll uh, in in our office and in, in the interns and the apprentices, they'll they'll throw it up on the screen and they'll say, "This is what's inspiring me and why." And it could be anything from like Kanye's latest um, fashion design line to like uh, to like the Met Gala that happened, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. a few weeks ago, uh, to like a, a, a trailer that's coming out, and they're like, "Man, this inspired me because of the transitions in the film." or the wardrobe of Oscar de la Renta, the dress designer that he did for this fashion show oh, and yeah. all this type of stuff. And so I began asking like, okay, so how can we utilize this, but oh. through the telling of the apostle Paul writings in the new Testament. And so everyone begins like they take what's inspiring it. What's what's exciting to them. And then we begin seeing like, okay, there's certain parts in scripture that we can make this come alive uh, to like a kind of a, a now audience. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that people really feed off of that, that momentum. I'm not saying that we're, we're like perfect at it. We're, we're still trying to, to grow. I definitely ask people for critique. Uh, and I, 
I, I think that the more critique you can handle, the bigger opportunities God will give you. Okay. Um, just because... How, how have you seen that play out? Well, you know, I, I think that there's been people that I I really respect um, on the outside that in, in the... Uh, they're outside of the church, but they'll they'll write script or, or screenplays for certain films or certain things, um, or they work for outside production agencies. And I'll just reach out to them and I'll go... Hey, do you mind um, just ripping this to shreds and I will give them something and I'll be like, can you just look at it and tell me like what's dumb, what's not good? Or I'll send it off to these people um, or an artist and I'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this design or whatever? And then I'll just let them be brutally honest. And I'm like, okay, because if I want to grow, I want to be brutally honest. And then I'm just like. If they, if they, uh, if I find myself getting defensive, then I'm just like, man, at the end of the day, like bottom line, do I like, let's grow type of a thing. Uh, and if these people, it's kind of like chew the meat, spit out the bone type of a thing. Yeah. Like sometimes what they say is like, okay, that's your opinion. Uh, but what you, you did say a few things that I definitely need to take into consideration and so then those people later on will contact me and they'll be like, hey, we're doing this project and uh, we just thought, you know, your name came up or, or your team came up. Would you guys want to help us out with this? Hmm. And yeah, so it's just been kind of a unique thing, kind yeah. of bridging the gaps. And uh, I, I don't know if you'd use the term secular, but people outside of the church doing production stuff have reached out to us because we've reached out to them and they're like, Ah, uh, no, they can take it. Like they're down with being, uh, I guess, constructively criticized or something like that. Well, um, one thing I'd love to kind of have you wrap up on here is like, okay. what's been a piece of advice that you received um, or that maybe even you learned along the way uh, in your journey that has really stuck with you and that you would share with someone else as you would encourage them? Like whatever you're naturally detailed in is what you're designed to do. Yeah. So, and I, I, and whenever I was kind of looking for my, uh, my, my purpose and stuff, and this is uh, two things, sorry. Whenever I was looking up for my purpose, I realized what ticks you off the most is what you were put on earth to fix. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put it. No, so, absolutely. Like, and so whether it's in design or whether it's in, in, in creating, like some people, they think, oh, my purpose is that thing that makes me come alive. And it's like, no, dude, it's, it's the thing that ticks you off because that's fuel that you're going to say, man, I'm bent on making, on, on making this part better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like a lot of times as creatives, you can hit blocks. And so I think that going back to like, man, what is fueling me? And it's almost kind of like a cause type of a thing. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is like, uh, so that, that was the whole like purpose type of a thing. Yeah. And then the second thing is like, your idea is not always the best idea. Um, and like, like, it's not about, it's, it's not about building like a creative director. It's about building a creative team. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, the first creative director of all time was Lucifer. Like he was in, he was in the Bible and he was like 
the most brilliant musician, right? He had an eye for design. He had, he had millions of followers on Instagram, but he had an issue (laughs) with like pastor God and pastor son, Jesus. And he was like, Oh, I could do things better. Well, then he got cast down. And so I always remind people that are like artists. I'm like, Hey, you're always going to have to submit to someone. And so like, so number one, what your purpose and design to do. Number two, remember that like humility will always go farther. And, uh, and number three is that, man, your ideas are not always the best, like include other people and you can help other people's gifts and callings and purposes, you know, like spark and and come alive. Um, if you are able to take them on the journey and, and kind of being open to not your idea, but maybe a different one. about john visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com that's crtvchurch.com welcome to reply all each week we pose a question and give you the chance to answer online in our creative talks group on facebook uh, in honor of the latest star wars movie last week um solo um, which sorry, we've been talking about on this Shadi podcast. Has feelings um, about without ever having seen yeah, it. Obviously, oh, never God. having seen it, she has feelings wow. about it. Um, uh, that we're all deeply offended by. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. We asked, "What is your favorite Star Wars movie and why?" Um, here are a few of our favorites in no particular order or reading. I don't know if I even want to uh, acknowledge this, but uh, I should have gave this to Charlie. Oh yeah, Joel Swan said Wrath of Khan because Shatner's acting was superb and um, he has <laughs> since been banned from the group, so yes. you won't see much from him anymore. <laughs> Poor Joel Swan. Um, okay, I just feel like you guys know that I was like, Shatner's not in that movie. That just happened. Yeah, <laughs> she did know. <laughs> I'm like a super Trekkie, okay? Don't even mess with me. I can't talk about it. You're in a you're you're a Trekkie? Yeah, I don't even oh, like Star Wars. This podcast keeps us going uh, <laughs> I in like places Star- I didn't think it would go. I like Star Wars, but I like Star Trek. Okay, so then you would like this news then. Universal is going to be opening a Star Trek uh, theme park to compete with Disney's Star Wars universe. I don't even know how to feel about that right now. You don't know? Are you excited? Um, oh my god, that's like amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I learned that, I learned that this week on the on the um, theme park beat. Uh, okay. that we, you know, I, I got here down in Orlando. That's okay. that's all we're known for is the theme park beat. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but Joshua Pease, uh, one of our one of the writers here at Creative Church, uh, he said any answer that isn't Empire <laughs> is the wrong answer, and he's he's wow. he's exactly right. I always say this about Jonathan, Joshua. Um, he's always right. He's exactly right now as well. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Br- Brandon Jarman says I'm hoping Last Jedi will be, but right now it's Episode One, Two, Three, Four. And no, I think that's three. three. That's he an has exclamation a, point. That that's a three. Point? I'm blind. That's a, wait, okay, wow, you guys I, are... That's an exclamation point. Sorry. Okay, well, I'm blind. Um, and Brandon... Um, which episode is this? I don't know. Tell me. What am I? That is that is Revenge... Or no, what is that? Uh, Phantom Menace? No, what is... Those are all three? horrible. No, it's, uh, no, it's Clone the, Wars. It's... No, 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 no. no, no. Clone Wars is two. Is he being sarcastic? Three is is the one where he turns to the dark side. It's yeah, he's got to be sarcastic. Revenge of the Sith, isn't it? Those are the worst. When the the CGI 
Anakin and Obi-Wan are hopping around each other like grasshoppers. Yeah. It's so bad, dude. It's so Those are bad. so bad. He's lying And they're floating on he's lava. Got, yeah, he's, Brandon he's Jarman, I need a direct message to tell me whether or not you were joking because I am very confused. Brandon, the, the troll, Jarman. Um, but he yeah. said, he said, hoping <laughs> Last Jedi will be. Yeah, it's like, have, have you not seen it? Yet? No, wait, well, he's, he's not seen it because this answer, okay, real quick, uh, just so everyone knows, we pulled these answers from uh, back in December because we never read these answers on the podcast. Oh, um, that's so, unfortunate. Uh, that's, yeah, sorry. We forgot to read these answers on podcast because we were, we were doing like Christmas break at the time. Okay. Um, so I went and pulled these answers from back then. Um, so he hadn't seen Less Jedi at the time, but I wouldn't think episode three would be on his top favorite. No, but, I think maybe hmm. he just woke up and forgot. <laughs> well, um, that's that is interesting. Well, uh, this week though, we wanted to ask uh, what what songs are on your Mount Rushmore. Um, so these are the top four songs that have really made an effect on your life, or maybe they're ones that you just really really enjoy. So, Jari, Ross, what is your what is your Mount Rushmore of songs? Like top four songs ever? Yes, or or and ever or it could be like something that's really you know. You right now. Like I jam out in my car. Yes, like you jam out in your car. I feel like if I had to answer this for my husband, he would say Katy Perry anything. Which is my <laughs> worst nightmare. Um, Ross, do you know what yours are? Um, I mean, I have more. I, I listen to more podcasts than I do music, to be honest. You're so, so cool, dude. You're so um, cool. I, I just, that's the <laughs> truth. Um, but no, I, I have more like artists that I follow. And I, I mean, what sticks out to me is kind of like, the shadow or shadow proves the sunshine by switchfoot i just Ooh. love um yeah i really like john foreman's uh writing yeah his lyricism and and just producing um i love everything that propaganda show and lecrae are doing oh wow so um they're they're very deep lyrics and um the one from uh uh, propaganda's crooked that sticks out to me was the uh um the slow cook actually oh, so wow. but okay okay Johnny, um, did you come up top, with yours yeah while, this is easy ross was talking this yeah. is easy i had mine i was just wanting to ask ross <laughs> oh, okay good because good, good. i love ross and i feel like i heard his feelings about the han solo thing um <laughs> um these are the songs that like like i know this off the top of my head because i'm a weirdo so um one and these are in no particular order okay so um anything from the gypsy kings i don't know if you know who the gypsy kings are you're welcome google it they're they're them, legends you're welcome um two um chan chan from the buena vista social club i immediately am taken back to my childhood when i listen to this song so but buena vista social club my family's very cuban and so it's like the soundtrack to our family life um three would have to be <laughs> um there is a a really really old worship album uh, a worship leader named kevin prosh this you got to be like super old school to know what this is and um he has uh an album that i can't pronounce the name and it oh journeys of life is like the album but i can't remember the song mm-hmm. and um it's like super new agey awesome prophetic um and we'll sing so, a few bars and we'll see no we i'm not it. gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> my singing days are over thank you very much um and then number four my husband listens to a lot of 80s music he's like mm. and so we listen to a lot of 80s music and so he's like the best dj in the world and he always plays um uh girl pop songs and so yes. anytime like we're in the car and he just like i'm driving and he really really wants to just like keep me awake and hyped up he listens to was it whitney houston i want to dance with somebody Oh, yes 
Nice. Yeah. Good. Those are yeah. great. That's a great. I feel like he could keep more. a party going. Oh my God. He's, he's, he's like super party. Music. Him in his Hawaiian yeah. shirts. Like he'd kill it. Yeah. <sighs> he's, he's, he's my elect hero. Yeah. Um, I don't and Nick, and Nick Goodner's know. is Orinoco flow. <laughs> Um, Oceans by no? Hillsong. Oceans by yeah. Hillsong. Yeah, Oceans no. Um, and no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> the unforeseen kiss version. I, I um, had to say that um, because you went full basic white girl about ten minutes ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then whatever they're playing at Starbucks right now, it was really good uh, this morning. Oh uh, no, um, mine, mine. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I, I was trying to think. Okay, so like my first one would be My Way by Frank Sinatra. Yes. Okay, because mm. I love I love Sinatra. My sister's here this weekend, and uh, I guess she didn't know this about me. And so, like, I'm playing Sinatra like in the car, like you know, normal. And she's like, "Why are you listening to this old people's music?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a classic. Me? It's legendary." I'm like, "That's Rosemary Clooney, the aunt of George Clooney. You need to shut your mouth right now. You don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> uh, then my second is um, this is going to sound this is really going to make me sound like a loser, but um, it is uh, when um, Gonzo sings. Uh, I'm going back there someday. Gonzo um, from Sesame Street? From the Muppets. Oh, uh, you're a wrong person. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on Sesame I Street. Was... Sorry, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to rip you. That's um, okay. I was like, dang, I totally was... missed that one. Yes. Yeah, so, um, have you always ever watched the original Muppet movie? Yes. It's been a very long time. Okay, so there's a yes. song. It's called "I'm Going Back There Someday." So I was like, this looks familiar. I'm Google Strange it when we're done. Yeah, you Google it when you're done. But it's so good because it's it's to me it speaks to me. It's like okay, this is not my home. But one day I'm going back to where I belong um, and you all can come with me um, if you'd like, because, um, you know, life's better with friends. And it's 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 a really That's deep adorable. song that I've really pulled from this Muppet uh, movie. From the but, Muppet? Uh, yeah. If yeah, you ever met Gonzo in real life, would you cry? Um, would we yes. have to sedate you? Yes, <laughs> I, I actually can. I love I love the Muppets. Um, I can do a killer Kermit the Frog, um, uh, like the voice. I feel and, like you could. Uh, I legit yes. feel like you could rip you, you that. Want, you guys want I me feel to do like it you should quick? now. You have to. Okay. Uh, hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Oh my oh god! Oh my word! <laughs> oh my god! So bro. when you make your uh, when you make bro. your demo tape to fill in, as a Kermit, oh my god! I need a minute. That was crazy. <laughs> like you, you always hear people like, "Yeah, I could do this really cool voice," and they're like they do it, and it's like it's not good. Like that's how I feel like people are going. Oh Yours my is spot god! On, but, uh, yeah, my voices are usually like girl from Miami, and that's it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, so hopefully one day I'm Bro, I'm going to get goals. my audition tape to one of the one of the Muppet people. Um, I know who you contact, uh, but I'm hoping um, they're going to listen um, to this because I'm going to Google the crap out of it and then we're going to tweet it out. Yep, tweet it out. Perfect. Tag and yep. So then my third one would be Hillsong's Oceans. Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everything is awesome from that the Lego amazing. movie. <laughs> right, right now is actually Hillsong's Peace. Oh, dude, yes, um, that's amazing. Yes, Peace is incredible. Um, their music video was incredible. Um, it was really I say cool. was because they've taken it down now. Um, really? But, Why? Uh, but they took down the uh, Hillsong music video because uh, they felt that it was distracting from the message. So if you guys saw the original Hillsong yeah, music video, yeah, it was kind of creepy Peace, and cool and amazing and beautiful cool and amazing. Yeah, people on YouTube just thought it was demonic. 
So, so people, um, people will follow people who have absolutely no actual platform and sus sustenance, but the Hill song has to take. I can't talk about Nick. I can't. Yeah. I, can't yeah. I can't. This should have been. This should have been your article. Oh my <laughs> I god. I, 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 I got feelings. Oh my god. I'm so. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna I stop. I found out this morning. I was well. I knew about it last week, and uh, I was talking to the guy who was one of the creators of it. Um, because uh, we wrote an article called 10 Things Scarier Than the Hillsong Peace Video because we were making fun of it. Then I would, went back to the articles. People were, were complaining that the video was gone. And uh, so I was I was talking to him. I was like, hey, so what, what happened to it? And so he was just telling me. So I wasn't I wasn't sure yet if I could share it or not because I was still talking to him. So I didn't find out until this morning when I was checking my email. So that's why I didn't bring it. Oh, but my gosh. It is. It is. It is interesting. Yeah, they they felt like it was distracting from the message. So they took. I it respect home. it. They're so gangster. Yes, I dig they them. Do. They, they are awesome. Um, so Hillsong's piece would be my third. And then um, the fourth kind of over um, kind of, you know, like, uh, what would you what would you call this? Like he's 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 there, but he's not there like a Theodore Roosevelt of the Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah. Is Theodore Roosevelt even on the Mount I, Rushmore? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I should know um, this. <laughs> is another um, another Frank Sinatra song. And uh, this one's just purely enjoyment. And uh, it is uh, New York, New York. So, yes. So yeah, those are my those are my four. It's great. So yeah, well, um, if you guys want to join in on that conversation on Creative Talks, you can. All you gotta do is go to Facebook, go to our Facebook group. Um, you can search Creative Talks. That's one word: C R T V Talks. Um, that's creative with no vowels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, we normally post our question on Monday morning around eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Um, so you guys can go jump in there and join the group and uh, answer with your top four. Um, on that note, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. Um, there are a few great ways that you can share your appreciation for the Creative Church Podcast. First, subscribe and add us on your favorite podcatcher. We also release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com. And you can also review this podcast and show us some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure. And the more people that find us can find out can find out other places that Chadi has been kicked out of. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or you just listen to the I Crying Corners podcast. Oh my god, um, I don't even talk about that on my podcast. You don't talk about how many places you've been kicked out of? No, because I've only been kicked out <laughs> of two places. Yet. The one with Wait. all the places you've been kicked out of is going to be the next episode. No. Hold on. I, I feel like we should do our due diligence. What's the other place? The mall? Okay. <laughs> and that, kids, is a story for next time. <laughs> Lastly, consider sharing this episode on social media so you can find us by searching our handle. You can find us by searching our handle, Creative Church. Um, that's one word, ZRTV Church. Special thanks to John for joining us today. You can check out all that he's doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. Also, thanks to Visual Media Church for sponsoring today's show. Do us a big favor and go check them out and snag that 20% discount when you use offer code Creative Church. That's uh, CRTV Church. In the meantime, I'm Nick Goodner. I'm Ross Montgomery. I'm Chadi Orozco. And we will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. Also, don't forget to check out all the other podcasts we have to offer on the Creative Church Podcast Network. 